Valve literally got shot out of a rocket. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. So the footy is back! And what a terrific weekend it was. The People's Club, the children of the Federation, the mighty green machine of the Raiders got a win over who is becoming their arch rivals, the Sharks from the Toxic Swamp. A rivalry that really kicked off when the Raiders prop, then known as Josh Papali, put a huge shot on Gal in 2016, a shot that Gal called a dog shot. And then Ennis mocked the Viking clap post-match after the Sharks knocked the Raiders out of the finals on their way to the heartbreaking first premiership. We might hear from Gell a little bit later in the show. And the other people's club, the Newcastle Knights, endeared themselves to all true fans of our game by pulling the Roosters' pants down and giving them a spank on the old girl. It seems once again that Robbo delivered his tremendous and inspiring Kilimanjaro speech on the morning of the game. Tomorrow is game day. When the Raiders are winning and the Roosters are losing, Rugby League is in a great place, so I can tell you I am fired up as I sit here in my Up The Forks training shirt, looking across a table at a sulky red fern pat, whose rabbits had as many answers to the Broncos on field as their coach Jason Demetrio had for the repeated, are you missing Adam Reynolds question in the press conference afterwards. And there across to me is the brave, resilient Chris Gale, whose tragic Tigers got a lead over the Melbourne Storm, who suffered countless devastating injuries, but when one cyborg goes down, another one exactly the same takes its place seamlessly, and as only the Tigers can do, they bravely and resiliently lost. And the pantomime continued. Justin Holbrook, who may become a favourite of this show, took hold of the Ricky Stewart line that the big clubs get the rub of the green and all the 50-50 calls. Justin was clearly unhappy, made a lovely comment about how the NRL likes to see the stadiums full and maybe they pander to those crowds, forgetting about the viewers at home. Justin, you're coaching the Gold Coast Titans. There are no viewers at home. So as we fire up... Episode 2 of Fire Up's 2022 season, we're getting ourselves, as Cooper Cronk said on Friday, literally fired out of a rocket! Chris, you're an expert in all things ballistic. I've heard of things being fired out of a cannon, where of course they're at their maximum velocity as they leave the muscle, then decelerate. Rockets, of course, start at zero, then accelerate to maximum velocity, maintain that until their fuel is expended. Chris, what gets fired out of a rocket. Valve literally got shot out of a rocket. Dennis Carnahan, I will not have the character of Cooper Cronk impugned on this show through your rudimentary knowledge of science. You've tried to dazzle us in the dazzle us in the past with all sorts of obscure scientific facts. No one could fact check those facts, I hasten to add. And look, Cooper and I are both huge students of the Apollo program. We're just mad for the lunar missions. This is Wayne Pierce's Apollo <laughs> protocols, or, or, or you're talking about the old, the NASA one. I tell you, it was the Apollo protocols that meant that the West Tigers team was in a separate facility at the season launch, coming in by video link. <laughs> and you know, there's been a bit of a knock on Madge about, you know, training Imagine. It's a bit like a concentration camp. Mm. There was some media around some of those Tigers flashing gang signs when they were crossing. They were actually, get us out of here. We've been held against <laughs> our will. But no, your rudimentary knowledge of science has been exploited on this show, and now you're having a go at Cooper Cronk. We're both fans of the Apollo, as in lunar excursion missions, run by NASA, and we'll be coming Mm. to NASA a little bit Mm. later in this show. And the Saturn V was literally a rocket being fired out of a rocket, being fired out of a rocket. Right. That's what Cooper was on about. Escape velocity, lunar trajectory. We've never lost an American in space. We're not going to lose one on my watch, Dennis (laughs) Carnahan. Failure (laughs) is not an option. I... I underestimated Cooper. So Cooper was saying we've, we've got the boosters, we've got the stages. That's so right. he's saying the, this is the final one. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Well, <laughs> B. Ken, was, was it Kennedy? He certainly was looking like he'd been fired as the out of the booster. We choose to do these things not because they are easy, <laughs> but because they are hard. <laughs> yeah, yes. We'll put a man on the moon. <laughs> Such was the language of the day by the end of this decade and all that sort of stuff. And it turns out he was right. Unfortunately, he wasn't here to see it. (laughs) Well, speaking of NASA, a football containing a NASA computer chip for forward passes has reared its ugly head again. It sure has. Now, this came- So, the rugby union, do you remember them? I tell you what, I saw an ad for Stan the other day during 100% Stan, footy. Stan Jerry? Yeah, no, Stan. no, the, the streaming service. Oh, Stan, the streaming service. And it's so good to have 100% footy back with, you know, Brace, 
and Gal oh. and Gus and Danny Wadler and uh, Taniela Tupa, the Tongan Thor, who played in rugby union, is evidence that the codes still exist, but right. they are desperate for relevance. So they're looking for any sort of edge, be it technological, because it's certainly not going to be an attractive game. It is, it is a wonderful thing to say the Tong and Thor. <laughs> he's playing for Australia and he's called the Tong and Thor. It's not yeah. origin, but anyway. But Australian Thor doesn't have that alliterative feel to it. No, tennis. it doesn't. So it is by the agency of rugby union that this has reared its ugly head again. Uh, it, it, apparently it's going to be benignly operated originally, just recording data and so forth. But the next step is, and gee, I hope the referees union, if there is such a thing, is listening right now there because is. their very existence is being threatened by this. But I'll give them an ace up the sleeve right now. Mm-hmm. Actually, do those were those sort of zebra type uh, referees? They're sort of not bold stripes. The uh, the subtle stripes, yeah. yeah the shades, the stripes. verticals, very, very nice, very yeah. Shade. And I think they're short sleeves. So I've got I've got one of those. So this ace will be right up on Camo's shoulder or whatever. Oof. And that is, if I've read the rule book correctly, or is it the laws of rugby league? I don't the know. Law book. Thank yeah. you very much. And then there's, there's the law book, then there's the interpretations. Am I not right in asserting that it's irrelevant whether the ball goes forward? It's mm. all about the direction of the player's hands. Therefore, the chip needs to be in the flesh, not into the pigskin. Well, they I got it wrong again. Rugby what- union- Hang your head in shame. I'm wondering whether, in fact, because they all have GPS trackers in their jerseys, if you get the official jerseys, little pocket to put yes. the GPS tracker. Now, it's not actually GPS. They have a network called uh, it's Bow and Arrow, Skynet. something to do with Bow and Arrow or Skynet or Terminators or Self Aware. Um, and it goes around the stadium. And so it's much more accurate than GPS. It's, it's accurate to centimeters rather than meters. Theoretically, they could get the trajectory of the player. And cross-reference that with the trajectory of the ball. So, the player is going on the X, Y direction (laughs) along the field at this speed, and then the ball travels. They can work out the movement of the ball relative to the movement of the player. Because we all saw there was a game on the weekend, the the Eels and the Titans, the Eels fans, blowing up Deluxe! Little chip there for our blowing up Deluxe. Go and find it on Facebook and join in. They were blowing up Deluxe because the ball travelled forward across the line. But the player who'd thrown it was running at about 25 k's an hour. So, relative to the player, the ball went backwards and that's what it's all about and i had the joy and privilege i've got a photo of it here of seeing this bunch of steedens plugged into a usb hub oh goodness which because they were used in the women's game right now it, it, it does it does smack of a little bit of uh hypocrisy to say that, you know the women's game is just a test for the men's game that upsets me well it absolutely it does why don't you try it in a men's game they try in the women's game. It's as if they're, they're just experimental. That's all the I women's games for. I am indifferent to the two games, particularly with the um, proving of the biting charge on the St. George of probably recently, which she, defended by her ex-policeman father, was able to get it down to one week based on the fact that it was a reflex clench. Yeah. And, and, we've all been in that situation. But she also we've had- got out of trouble also, by saying, I'm really sorry about that. It was a reflex clench. It's a reflex clench and it's not my go. That's right. And th- th- we know that that is full-blooded- ru- This isn't a pretensies rugby league. This isn't some watered-down version. When you're saying it's not my go for biting, you know it's pure rugby league. He also argued proportionality, saying that <laughs> if you got the same number of weeks as, say, Kevin Proctor, one of the sideshow <laughs> bobs that has graced the field over the years, he got like four or five- and what proportion of a season. So it was read down. So for some offences where you might only get two weeks, on his logic, you could go to the judiciary in the NRLW and say, I just have to miss the first 15 minutes. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. By the way, this is another reason. Everyone's going, well, the ratings are through the roof. Rugby League's back. We're loving it. But no one's going to the games. And we might touch on that when we get back to the roosters in a moment. But the reason people aren't going, if there's some sort of radiation Skynet situation <laughs> at the grounds, I don't want to expose my children to that. You know, I'm, I'm looking for lineage. Well, it's, so I'm thinking, looking at this, we're thinking, so Rugby League now has rockets. Yes. It has booster stages. Apollo. From these From these booster stages in Apollo comes a, a ball with a computer chip. Soon every team is going to just be the Melbourne Storm. It's all going to be cyborgs playing each other. Well, the PlayStation game has had Andrew Voss on it for more than a decade. I mean, not Wheels only- Wheels him out like a wheelie bin. <laughs> exactly. So this is the trouble. It's not just referees are under siege. The players are under siege. And more importantly than anything else, commentators, commentators are under siege. Commentators are under siege. You might get onto them a bit later. But speaking of rearing ugly heads, 
Cameron Munster. Oh, come on. <laughs> Cameron Munster. He's shaved off his villain's moustache. Now, I've actually, mine is, I'm so happy now I can twist it out and make it a proper villain's moustache. That is very um, Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> very. Well, Snidely Whiplash Munster uh, wants to be a better human being. He does. And so he's signed with Braith and Astor's Siru Management. The burgeoning Siru Management, everyone's mm. getting on board. Well, except Sam Burgess, who's just parted ways. So burgeoning and Burgessless. But according to Braith, they're still wonderful friends. I don't know whether this is more fallout um, from the Burgess performance on SAS Australia. But if you're watching the current season, NRLW player Millie Boyle is absolutely <sighs> um, bringing the, the roof down. She's doing fantastic. Gee, and I did hear her partner, and he's calling herself partner, Adam Elliott, saying she's a, she's a, a shoe in to come down to Canberra is when that, they get the, the is NRLW that right? team in the Canberra. The spoken. Oh, exactly. Isn't that wonderful? Now, Braith, gee, Braith is really on the way up, isn't he? He's, he's managing Cam. He's ditched Sam, which is obviously a good thing. And what does he hope to do? How does he intend to make Cam Munster a better human being? Well, and you're forgetting the jewel in the crown. Hmm? Um, with the absence of Vonnie Sampson- He's now hosting NRL 360, he's which up and up and up. Talk about talk about talk about your rocket launches and trajectory. The next thing yeah. you know, he'll be the next Ben Garley running one of the also rans in rugby league, like Ben Eichen <laughs> is doing with the Brisbane Broncos <laughs> to some good effect. He's shooting for the Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, Braith has come up with his own theory that players tend to surround themselves with yes people. Uh huh. Do you agree with that? Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's the same thing that I do, clearly. <laughs> and But he's prepared to be, uh, let's say, uh, a truth teller. Mm. And he says, I'm prepared to tell this to Cam straight between the eyes. Tell him what I think straight between the eyes. So, okay, this is this is coming back again. So, to, to Cooper Cronkin being shot out of a rocket. So, he's going to tell him straight between the eyes. Is he, does that mean he's going to look at him in the eye while he tells and him? And tell it to him he, straight. He's going to tell You and straight. I would coin it. But yeah. that's the economy of the modern rugby league oh. player is you want to get maximum efficiency out of minimum verbiage. So, I'm just going to tell it to him straight to, between the eyes. Well. Job done. Why waste all those syllables? Exactly. Well done, Brave. So, I think it's a great move by Cam and um, uh, everyone will be looking forward to his return, which I believe is this week, Thursday night, when the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, take on the Melbourne Storm down at Amy Park. So, we'll see how much better a person, a human being he is then. I, I expect him to have a stellar season. And um, I tell you what, Matt, Matty Johns was referencing the other night and just mentioned in passing, he wondered whether he's a Labor or a Liberal voter. And I have to say- Fascinating question. I thought that was a really interesting question about Cam yeah. Munster. And I, I don't know what his political persuasion is. I don't know what his preference is. Mm. I can hazard a guess. But uh, maybe that's something we'll break in bringing Cam out as a better person. He says, I want you to take a stand. I want you to express yourself. I want to know where you want to go politically. Well, Christian Labor Welsh- Labor or Liberal. Christian Welsh is famously Labor. Shout out to Christian who's um, suffered that terrible Achilles- Injury. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Welsh booster, and I'm sorry to lose him. Mm. Uh, well, he's a Queenslander, Queensland Labor. You know, Labor's Labor came from Queensland, of course. Yes, originally that's where it started. I believe Kevin Rudd invented it. In- <laughs> did, it did it start in a pub in Balmain, or is that just <laughs> that's just my imagination? <laughs> uh, no, it started with the Shearer strike. It's a very Queensland thing. Again, facts uh, that I can't check. Uh, Google, you've got Google on your phone, um, but just. St- Tell him what I, th- I had the fortune of watching NRL 360 last night with Braith for the first time and I copped a bit of it and I dealt a bit with Buzz and Buzz, inch thick makeup on Buzz, but not around his eyes. It was it was quite disturbing as Buzz was speaking and correcting himself and apologising to yes, Gus. Yes, ap- apologise about the drone incident. Yes. Beautiful apology to Gus. Got the wrong steer here. Got a bum steer there. Um, but if we've got, tell him what I think straight between the eyes. Getting shot out of a rocket. You're saying this is a new grammar. This is a new speak. Who is the grammar teacher at Fox Sports? Have they have they stolen our idea for the rugby league university? Are they studying a unit Fox League league language and grammar? Is that is that what they're doing? Well, you're always looking for a point of difference, and you're up against the terrestrial giant that is <coughs> the Nine Network, mm. and you can sort of go on till the cows come home about being every game ad free. Because you know, <laughs> who possibly want to watch eight games of rugby league every week? Ooh. But if you're going into a world a little bit, I don't know, like Deadwood <laughs> or, I don't know, Harry Potter where there are different terms for different things and you're actually 
going into a wormhole into Fox League and hearing a different language that almost is Shakespearean in its mm. intent and design, you're more likely to tune in, Dennis. I guess you are. I mean, the question then I'd is- I'd say it's Paul Keating. It has it, I guess. <laughs> or Don Watson, the guy who used to write the speeches for yes. Paul Keating. He's big on grammar. And no, he's he seen fertile territory here. And I'm suggesting he's under contract secretly to Fox League to re mm. not reinvent the game, reinvent the language of the game. Great book, Weasel Words, that Don's, that Don's written. Haven't read it. My, my question then is, where is Dang Inane during these classes? <laughs> you mean Dang Inane, don't you? The oh, sorry, I wrote that down yeah. wrong. Yeah, Dang Inane. Well, Dang Inane. The original Dangster. The original Dangster. I watched, I watched the Raiders game, as I do with all Raiders wins. I re-watched it. I love Dang. But How many times? Just the once thus far. I'll be watching it tonight. <laughs> but the, the try. The, what? Cotrick. What? Try. <laughs> Dang name is not adding a lot. And the commentary did actually stop at one point. There was a, And he said afterwards there was a technical difficulty. So much more engaging hearing just the crowd noise and Camo. Like Ben, like, did you just put the mic up with the ref? Camo's, Camo's lovely voice. And Camo... Interesting do he had on his head. We might we might revisit minimalist. Do's. It's like a Philip Blossom. Very <laughs> I, I, t I tell you what, with Ghanane, I mean, uh, they're currently over in Karachi, the second test of the Bono Carter, as I like to say, or Kadir Trophy. Mm. And he really is an anti-Beno because Richie was very big on don't say what the people can see, right? Whereas Dane seems to specialise in telling the people exactly what they're seeing. <laughs> and if he doesn't lift his game... It could be goodbye, goodbye <laughs> for Dang Inane. Well, no, he's very. So you're saying his commentary is Dang Inane? No, I love well, him. I love him. He's a wrestling fan. He's my type of guy. <laughs> no, I love the guy, yeah. but his commentary is Dang Diamond. Inane. Now, the, the the glorious start to the weekend, the Raiders lifting off the back of Kate Ford's lament about her partner Ryan Sutton not being. Now Sutto has signed with the Eels for next year, and what did she say? Well, her quote on Insta was ampersand, ampersand, and I thought the fashion industry was bitchy or, or words to that effect. Now, this is, you know, Canberra's got form with Mrs. Tarpany weighing mm. in about Joseph's selection or non-selection last year and the way Ricky is handling it. So I, I think this is really good. It shows that Canberra is, can I describe them as a family club? Family because, club, Because definitely. clearly the wives, all, all yep. the partners and kids have a say in Ricky's decisions. And this is just robust commentary being... Um, aired out in public because Ricky says, I don't fear this. My big question, my big takeaway from that was, why two ampersands? What was going on there? It's like building into it. And? And? and I thought the fashion industry was quite busy. Well, got you have been to the Fox League League Grammar School. That's right. Another graduate. Another graduate. So, I, I do wonder whether Ricky has that, because Ricky was, the Fox's Ricky Cam like, it was getting foggy by the end of the night because it was getting a lot of work. I do wonder if Ricky has said to the wives, wives, wags, go up into the coach's box and I'll meet you up there and we'll have a long conversation. You can air all your grievances. And he said, just run down the sideline. That, that's exactly why he's on the, <laughs> on the sideline. And, of course, they, in good faith, all turn up and go, like, you said he did. <laughs> What's he doing this down there? Not We're just, they're just seeing him on Fox. Um, now, Fitzgibbon at that game, who was his debut game, what a great thing for a young man to be having his first coaching experiences. He, he's been under Robbo for years. He's, he's heard about tomorrow's game day. Yes. Maybe he said that to the boys that morning. But how would he possibly have said it to him? Because he's had COVID, so he couldn't even go to his first game. You know when these coaches were interviewed before their first mate, first grade fixture and they just go, as a young person, I dreamed of this. They're all lying. No kid ever dreams of being a first grade <laughs> coach, right? They all dream of being a first grade player. And allegedly Fitzgibbon did that for the St. George Illawarra Dragons and to greater success for the Sydney Roosters. Mm. But because of COVID, they had to go into innovation mode and make use of modern technology, not unlike what we're doing here, Dennis. So my understanding is that Fitzy gave the pre-game address via the agency of FaceTime, projected up on the I'd be pretty primitive, the visitors' dressing rooms down at uh, Bruce Stadium. <laughs> and the air conditioning would be on full, so it's cold. It would have been hosed out, that, so it's wet. That's yeah. right. And and so the players are looking for motivation from their new coach. And it, it was he actually broadcast from his downstairs lounge room. I think you'll find that it was actually he just had to send slides to put on the overhead projector. Right. <laughs> left, left, left. <laughs> Very courteously by 
Because if Ricky Stewart, who loves a good overhead projector. <laughs> he bought it from Paramount. No, the, the boys tune in on FaceTime and they see Fitzy and behind him, imagine what they're looking at, probably a big poster of Eternal Summer, that 70s surfing movie. <laughs> There'll be all Fitzy surfboards there. There'll be the board wax, the head wax, yep. which he needs. But I think this is where it all went wrong because there's a couple of framed photos of the boys and himself in action as Premier Sydney Roosters in Lucite mounted the two premiership mm. rings or maybe just the one now that I think of it. And if there's a guaranteed way for the Cronulla Sharks to lose motivation is to realise, hang on, you say our coach played for the Roosters? <laughs> oh, we've we got no chance here. Oh, miserable stuff. And and, and then and then the other thing was during the game. During the game. He was commu- communicating with assistant coaches Hannay and Price. Uh, Josh Hannay, thank you for missing that conversion attempt in 2005. <laughs> and Stephen Price, well, thank you for everything. Via uh, some sort of telephone link. But unfortunately, they're looking at the live action, like they're in three dimensions, human style. And he, of course, is watching via the agency of said Fox League. Which but- is necessarily five to six seconds behind. I heard 20 seconds. Well, I think what you, they're about five, the digital, the delay is about five seconds on five to six seconds. Right. If he's watching KO, it's even slower. Yep. because it's on the net. But if he's on FaceTime, that's going to add another five to ten seconds. So, yeah, he would have been on a big delay. Right. So, as one of the journos put it, <laughs> Hannay and Price, compared to Fitzgibbons, were not always looking at the same thing. I would suggest with a 20-second delay, <laughs> they were never looking at the same thing, and Fitzy was <laughs> lost somewhere in twilight. And Fitzy's going, take the two, as they do the tap. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. I, I have dreams where I'm about to kick a goal and the, the ball turns into a pillow. I mean, how far can you kick a pillow? It's ridiculous, isn't it? I can't get the ball to stay on the mound. Are you trying to run away from someone who's after you with a knife? Did you get that one? No. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Yeah, you, you don't want to be in my dreams, I'm telling you. Yeah. You don't want to be in my dreams. I don't want to be in your bed. So that brings us to the wonderful, beautiful game on the Saturday. The old girl was looking fantastic. The sun was shining. 3 p.m. footy at this SCG. It, it just brings back such wonderful memories. There's so much history about that. And what a glorious and happy day it was, Chris. I got a variation on my community service and I was able to not attend the game. Oh, that's a real shame. Because I had a 
paid work elsewhere, which is unusual for me anytime. Uh, what sort of paid work? Oh, a little bit of DJing. A little bit of DJing. Yeah, with the all sold out, sold out crew. Stephen Ferris, of course, of great fire up frame and renown. And mm. Josh Begley, former of Swoop and Professor Groove. So you were DJing on Saturday instead of going to the old girl. Yeah, King and Street Carnival. Was it a long, uh, long set? It was a very long set. It, it went off, as they say in the uh, modern parlance. But I have reviewed the tape. <laughs> and uh, the big issue, well, apart from the application of the obstruction rule where Clemmer was <laughs> supposedly prevented from tackling a streaking Daniel Tupu, which would have been the first try, was, of course, the concussion issue, Dennis. Mm, well, I, I have to say with that Clemmer being prevented, there was a dead Marine in the line. You can't do that. You can't do it. What's But Dennis... Where's he supposed to go? He's trying to get out of the way. That's... Where's he supposed to go? What can he do? Disappear. What he can do is not run through, the, not stop in the line. It's pretty simple. You keep going. He was a, he was a lazily walking back on side. You don't lazily walk back on side part when, when your player's running through. Put it this way. I don't think the general rugby league community was concerned about the call. Oh, I think. Uh, no, not at all. It's only the, the those six or seven Roosters fans in your chat group that's probably that's about right. it. <laughs> that's right. So, two concussions. Mm-hmm. Victor Radley and, of course, Billy Smith. And as Andrew Voss opined, how wonderful it was to see Billy Smith back on the cricket ground playing rugby league. And Robbo, of course, as is his want, has waded in on this, suggesting, because this is the new system, Dennis, mm. where they now have an independent doctor. They couldn't trust the club doctors. No. <laughs> Norton. As far as you can throw them. I mean, they all answered to Dr. Nick. You know, every single NRL doctor in the interview goes, how are you going to be at this club? Hello, everybody. <laughs> and so they've got an independent doctor. Now, this meant that there was a gap in time before the removal of said Radley and mm. Smith and indeed Braden Burns. Braden Burns was actually subbed out by the independent doctor for concussion after the Cowboys Canterbury game had completed. It took him so long to process what was going on. So this is going back to suspensions, you know, Sam Burgess being suspended for being- a, That's a, right. A, you know, two years ago- Rugby league, it's suspended. a whole new language. It's a whole new time structure. Look at <laughs> look at Fitzy trying to deal in a world where he's talking to people 20 in seconds the, on the, the last. Lane. It's just so strange. It's like the twilight zone. But th- there was concern that it took too long to get these players off the field after the set observed- Incidents, but we are talking independent doctors. I mean, the NRL must have thought this through. You know, you know what it's like when you go to the doctor. When you go to the doctor for a oh, twelve thirty appointment, not, tell me they're not on Macquarie Street. Right, right. Tell me these doctors aren't Macquarie you Street. You've got a twelve thirty appointment with your GP. What time do you approximately see him, her, or they? Well, you generally try and get there a bit early, just in case. But it's a complete waste of time because there's never a just in case. That's right. They are always running late. At least one patient, at least fifteen minutes, often half an hour. So you got to. Get to the reception, get allocated, say, I'm here. They go, sit down, it'll just be a minute. It's generally half an hour. Then they go, the doctor will see you. And as Seinfeld has pointed out, you go to another waiting room where the doctor eventually comes in. So if you're going to go the independent doctor route, you'll probably get good medicine, but you'll have to wait for it. Because in in the Raiders game, there was an incident where um, Semi Velami or Semi Velemi, the the new semi-trailer, he was concussed. Um, he played on, he scored a try, and he then got taken off by the independent doctor. Right. Post-scoring post a try. Should have scrubbed that trust. Well. So, I argue, Dennis, however, that Robbo might have a little bit of an issue here because he's trying to say the right thing, but he was also very concerned that neither Victor or Billy described any signs of concussion. So, when interviewed after the game, Robbo said this, it's a good idea with the bunker intervening, but Victor had no concussion. Billy's got no concussion. He didn't even remember which incident it was until the doctor showed him. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not evidence of concussion. That's the exact evidence of not concussion. I mean, Billy, do you remember getting concussed? Incident? What incident? Where am I? What game am I playing? <laughs> and this is the this is the broader issue that I have with St. Robbo, Dennis. <laughs> and, you know, did you see it, it took us an entire week for the second part of the Telegraph's Hey, geography? Had geography. <laughs> About the career of Trent Robinson, where they basically told us nothing hmm. and just tried to lionise the guy and make him out like he's sort of basically on the right-hand side of God, which given that he um, sits next to Nick Politis, <laughs> most dinners on the right-hand side, <laughs> it's pretty much true. But I want to take a stand. I mean, I was going the Roosters last year, but now I'm more I'm going... Trent, and I want Trent to come on this show and refute these allegations, right? But 
like this sort of beatification of Robinson continues apace and the puff piece from the Telegraph mm. tried to continue it. But it's his own brother who's letting him down, Dennis. Dean. Dino. And Dean's had his own problems. Yes, he has. <laughs> let's, let's not go into those now. But Dean is trying to talk up his brother, Trent Robinson, St. Robbo, dot, 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 by saying this. The one thing I always say to people that sets him, Robbo, apart from almost any leader I have seen, and that is a big statement because I've seen a lot of great business leaders too. Hello, James Hurd. Um, <laughs> is it doesn't matter whether you are a two-year-old or the Prime Minister of Australia, he will meet you at your level, Dean Robinson said. <laughs> so he's that's a wonderful line. So he's saying two-year-olds, Prime Minister of Australia, puppy dogs, kittens. <laughs> and I, and th- th- first of all, that doesn't make you a good bloke. That makes you an idiot, right? But it's true because I remember the last time the Sharks played the Roosters and there was a post-game function and, of course, Scott Morrison said Prime Minister was there. And there he was talking to Robert and goes, Who's a good boy then? <laughs> How are you? What's your name, Scott? Oh, he would have loved that. That's Scott, great. he would have loved that. Then he's got a two-year-old bail up about China, climate change, the soaring price of electricity and petrol. And <laughs> he's, he's got a ukulele, he's throwing it at the kid going, play us some April Sun in Cuba, sonny. And then he says to the kid, what's this about you not holding a hose? And the kid goes, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is just ridiculous. It was wonderful to see Scotty post a picture himself with his cat on the weekend. <laughs> I mean, he's sweeping up courts. He's not holding hoses. I'm telling you. Now, tell you what, the other thing that did come out about that article, though, he's got no relationship with Sticky. No relationship whatsoever. whatsoever. No, they will not talk. And then, of course, in a piece that was trying to point out what a good guy Robbo is, they sort of goes, well, actually, it doesn't really get on with Wayne Bennett too well after the Joey Manu Luttrell incident. Mm. And Wayne and him and Mary McGregor, well, they don't get on after the allegations directed at Paul O'Cummins, who he also doesn't get on with. Uh, uh, one of the Anzac Day fixtures. So this is this is saying to me though that, that with particularly with Mary McGregor, you've got a bit of saint on saint action and anger. Well, one's literally a saint. Yeah. One one has been sainted, the other one yeah. the other one wants it. Yeah. So even though they try to point out what a great guy Robbo is, his brother's done him in, and they pointed out all the feuds. He's basically a small bitter man who doesn't pay for his own coffee. <laughs> And I won't have it. And, and, and I mean, I, as you know, I said I've always had to do community service going yeah. to the Roosters games, being a season ticket holder. And I started out on that journey, if I can use that word. The Roosters were my second favourite team. But these guys have just absolutely worn me down. Well, well see, it's interesting because last year we had a segment, one of my favourite segments, a new reason to dislike or was it hate? Hate. A new reason to hate the Sydney Roosters. Now, what, one I kept banging on about over and over again was my personal thing that when I turn up at the SCG and there's 3,000 people there and they claim there's nine, the DJ is so loud. It's so unnecessarily loud to try and make it sound like it's vibey and things are going on. And they have that doom, 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 oose, pre-record. They're playing it pre-recorded to make so it sound cynical. like the crowds are doing things. They are cynical. There was actually over 15,000 people at the old girl. Well- A sunny Saturday afternoon, there's over 15,000 people. Now- they, I, I do wonder whether they've crossed, uh, whether they've come down the F3, the M1, <laughs> and most of them were from Newcastle because they were a happy crowd. They were making quite a bit of noise. It was glorious. It was wonderful. I suspect next week when it's manly, no one's going to cross the spit bridge if, if it's even open at the no, moment. No, the fireproof protesters will be at the no, spit bridge <laughs> preventing any egress. The Roseville Bridge the is probably Peninsula. still two metres underwater yeah. with cars floating on it. And they're not going to go back after that experience, Dennis, because Buzz Rothfield people's champion, oh. has pointed out how poor the game day experience was for the Roosters. So despite appointing, as Buzz describes him, upmarket restaurateur Justin Hems, and let me tell you, I would love to get Hems and Buzz together. That, that would be a summit. Wouldn't it be fascinating? Uh, inundated complaints about what happened on Saturday at the game. One punter on Twitter wrote us, and I quote, most bars and food outlets are closed, seating restricted to limited areas, long queues for food and beer, Hundreds of people long. It's an absolute mess. Hashtag SCG, and I might add venues in New South Wales. Sort your shit out. Absolutely awful game day experience at Sydney Roosters. Embarrassing. And this is so bad, Dennis. I went to my group. I had it all confirmed. And former fire up alum line, no greater a personality than Brett Oaten, one and a half hours in the car park because the grass car park. It's closed. It's closed. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But it's because 
they didn't take the Newcastle Knights into account. So they're thinking that 3,000 fans are going right. to turn up. So they open enough facilities for 3,000 right. fans. Then the bloody Knights turn up. 12,000 well, of them. Buses of Knights fans coming down and coming down. And, and that was the problem for them. I think that the Roosters are in cahoots with Fox Lee. Do you? They're trying to drive eyeballs to the new language, the new time world vortex that is Fox League. And they're absolutely guaranteeing that it'll be a wasteland, it'll be a desert, it'll be like the zombies. Keep have been people, keeping people away from the game. Yes, on Friday night well, against that, the Manly Rivers. That, that leads us. That leads us into the Gold Coast Parramatta game because what a game. it wasn't a cracker of a game. Because Justin Holbrook, he came out after the game and he said that there were 50-50 calls that were all going one way that they all go to the big clubs, that the Eels got all the 50-50 calls. There were four of them. He said there should have been probably two each if it's 50-50, but no, 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 it was 4 nil on 50-50 calls. And he's saying that the big clubs, they get the rub of the green all the time. And he says it's because, right, that they like hearing the, the big crowds in the stadiums, but they forget about the people watching at home. And again, I say it. It's the Gold Coast Titans. No one turns up to that. They should be They should be the model of this paradigm because no one goes to their stadium. No one watches it at home either. But let's break this down, Dennis. When he's accusing the bias, I mean, it's pretty much what he was saying, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Towards the big clubs. Mm. Who are these big clubs? Because I've gone down the list. Penrith Panthers, I mean- yeah, you know, like, I mean, they're getting another boutique stadium, but by boutique it defines that you're not big. Yeah. So they're out. Yeah. Manly, well, let's face it, they haven't been successful since the, you know, 70s as well, far as well, I can They haven't won a premiership every recall. decade. And uh, <coughs> uh, no one likes them. No. Canberra Raiders. Is oh, they're not a big club. <laughs> they're the fringe. They're the first on the chopping block as far as Gus Gould's concerned. That's right. Um, Cronulla Sharks, I don't even have a stadium, and they're going to attempt to reopen something this weekend, but they're, 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 they're one heartbeat away from relocation to Perth and extinction. Or joining up with the Dragons. So you couldn't, like, they maybe in the 50s and 60s they were a big club, but they're... Post-Wayne, the Broncos, I mean, under the Seabolt-Walters axis, are next to irrelevant. They're basically gone. Meanwhile, um, South Sydney Rabbits, I mean, they're, they're not a club anymore. No. I would say they're big, but they're actually a corporate conglomerate. Yes. Made up of Packer, Altissian. Crow. <laughs> say that again. Atlassian. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Cannon Brooks. Cannon they, Brooks. They are not a rugby league club anymore that are owned by the members. And you know what his nickname is? <laughs> Fire Fire out of <laughs> Rocket. <laughs> Fight out of a rocket, Brooks. Um, perhaps something Luke could think about. So, South Sydney now just exists as a concept. They're not a big club. The Newcastle Knights, well, I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're a throwback. Like, people actually go to games. Yeah. Right. But there's and no The thing is, they go to games, them. they'll lose 15 straight at home and people still turn up in the rain. Like, 15,000 people will turn up in the rain to watch them. That's what rugby league should be like. That's right. But that's not a big club. That's Heartland. That's Newtown uh, Jets. And wasn't it yeah. wonderful? It's uh, great to see you perform at the Newtown Jets season <laughs> launch. Wonderful like season it. launch. Absolutely. And uh, was it Carnegie? Uh, Bob Carnegie. Bob Hall. Carnegie. <laughs> Boy, if you get a chance to talk to Bob about what it used to be like back in the 60s and 70s, first of all, it'll make your hair curl, <laughs> but you'll be entertained. The Warriors, they don't even have a name anymore. I mean, they're a super rugby franchise. They're just so called they're the gonna, Warriors. Gonna call them, they're looking for a second New Zealand team. So, no, no, they're, they're looking, looking for team. a New Zealand team because they haven't got one anymore. No, exactly. They've got the Warriors, the Warriors stuck up on the Sunshine Coast. And George and Laura, well, we know they've been no good since the 60s. Ah, never before, never again. Fact, West Tigers. Ooh, not really a powerhouse. I can't argue with their powerhouse. You've mentioned the Gold Coast. The Melbourne Storm, it's constantly said that the big advantage the Storm have is the players can walk down um, Swanson Street or they can they can walk because no one knows who they walk are. Walk down Collins Street and no one recognises. They them. can go to St Kilda. They're not a big club. No. Well, the Sydney Roosters—they're a big club. They run mm. the whole thing. Everything, yep. every exception. The Sunny Bill Williams Farragos. Uh, you know the the Joseph Sawali and gee, hasn't that kid kicked on? <laughs> Sorry, no pun intended there. Um, so they're a big club. But it looks like there is another one. Yeah, the Eels. The yep. Eels are becoming a big club. And I'm finding like, that we might need to replace uh, reasons to dislike the Roosters with reasons to dislike the Eels. Every time Mitchell Moses, the flat track bully, kicks a goal, they play Sweet Caroline. Once he kicks it, right? Once he's kicked it. Right. So it? they don't kick it when, it when he doesn't kick it, they don't, they don't play Sweet Caroline. Opposed to the Cowboys who looked to have had the go-ahead try by Hammerside Fado, the hammer. 
Yeah. And they play joyously Sweet Caroline, only having it be taken off them for being offside. I haven't seen a premature celebration like that since. Who was the, the South's halfback who scored it? Who, Chrissy Sandow. Chrissy Sandow. Sando. <laughs> Used to drive a Honda Jazz. <laughs> Wasn't he a premature celebrator? So, so you know, again, we had um, Daryl doing the horses, kicking off the Broncos on the successful tilt against the Rabbitohs. Now, Sweet Caroline is like a cancer. It is. Spreading. Absolute cancer. So, the Eels feel entitled. And the sense of entitlement, and I think you're onto something here, Mitchell Moses taking that last kick at goal, watching the clock. You could see him looking at the clock. And and Camo, who's had to back up for a second game because I think Matt Moylan, someone, someone had COVID. So Matt Moylan had COVID, doesn't he play no, for Granada? Sorry, Matt Matt Noyan. Noyan. No, he did his hamstring in the Raiders game. This is the refs are tumbling. So it might have been Joey Atkins. No, Joey Atkins did the game. Right. Joey Atkins did the game. What am I talking about? But he had to – he's looking at the clock. He's actually clock-watching, watching it wind down because they had a lead. Cynical. Can I Evil. ask, what's happened to the Shafkovsky rule? Didn't they bring in a shot clock for goal they kicks? did. Well, what's wrong with it? They got shot clocks for dropouts, shot clocks for scrums. Why? 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 I mean, he was 90 oh, he seconds. Was he was a shocker. That was – it was it – was, Unquestionably. It, it brought the game into disrepute, Dennis. Well, I believe that Mitchell Moses did exactly that. By, by that. So, that's another reason to dislike the Paramount Eels. And I know there are Eels fans who listen to this. Right. And they need to have a good look at themselves. Let's run with that. I think that's, that's our new segment. Reasons to hate the Paramount Eels, you know, as a new segment yep. that we're prepared to run with. And look, for no other reason that the Herald's headline after their close victory against the Gold Coast Titans was one eel of a start. Oh, that's so. That, that's, that's a long bow they're reaching there. That won't get into the rugby league vernacular. No, no. Now- Next week's game, the Storms versus the Rabbits. Now, they call themselves the pride of the league. The Cardinal Myrtle, the Bunnies, or officially the South Sydney Rabbitohs, famously named after Depression-era hunters who took their rifles to the bushland that was the inner west and hunted rabbits for their pelts or to put in the pot. They would stand at Redfern Station with a brace of rabbits over their shoulders going, Rabbito, Rabbito, as they sold the carcasses to wealthy workers from their, you know, who could afford to catch a train to their mansions in Ashfield. That's where the Rabbitohs name comes from. But now, as you mentioned, they're all, <laughs> I'm just terrified to say Canon to uh, Rocket Brooks's <laughs> company name. And they're a construct. They're a they're construct. They're an idea. They're not a club. But there was, there's a story this week about a real Rabbitoh. Well, and he almost became coach of someone else. Mm. But Craig Bellamy coaches the Melbourne Storms to their 500th game this Thursday down at Army Park well, against he, the Rabbits. He, he's the coach for the 500th. So they've played more than 500 games. Correct. So he's his 500th, 500th game in the head coaching coach. role. Yeah. And uh, let's face it, the Rabbits, uh, the idea, the construct, the fable, have been awful down south for a long time. Mm. But that doesn't make Bellamy complacent. And this is the genius of the man because I think it was a Prozenko piece uh, on Bellamy in the lead-up. And by the way, if you catch Matty Johns face-to-face tonight, what a short that Craig Bellamy is wearing in the face-to-face on the uh, folding chair. Uh, I, I see nothing outstanding, nothing odd about that. I see that just he's just wearing a pair of shorts. It's these young, these millennials and these whatever it was in between Gen X and millennials. What are they called? The Gen Y. Zoomers. They get worried about <laughs> about short. They call them short shorts. Those aren't short shorts. Those are just shorts. Short shorts are the shorts. Come up here. A short short. You've barely seen, you're almost seeing the briefs. I'm telling you, you see more thigh on Craig Bellamy tonight than you did on Sonia McMahon when she was out with Billy when okay. they met the US president <laughs> some several decades ago. Obviously, you've never watched the 89 Grand Final. You wouldn't want to. The Not shorts again. that they were wearing then, yeah. they were very much and, of that ilk. And the Tigers were delivered jerseys that, that were, were too, too big. big. Exactly. So Bellamy's saying, I'm not going to wear these shorts that go down to my knees or halfway down my shins. I'm wearing shorts because mi- I'm a man who wears shorts. I don't wear long shorts and plus fours and knickerbockers. The myth is that Mal Meninga ankles tapped McNeil. In fact, he just grabbed his jersey because it was so long it was like he was in a Gene Shripton mini at the Melbourne Cup. It was knees. But anyway, here, here is testament to the great Craig Bellamy. Here's how he gets his edge. And I read, it didn't take long for Craig Bellamy to figure out that a rabbit caught in winter was worth more than one snared in summer. I was probably 11 or 12. I used to trap rabbits, sell the skins and sell the actual rabbit meat to the butchers. That's how I used to get a bit of extra money for my footy boots or whatever. So he's out there, A, claiming that he's a Rabbitoh, so he's owning the icon of the opposition. B, he's pointing out that that's who you should be called, the Rabbitohs and the Rabbits. And he's also saying, I used to trap rabbits, sell the skins, (laughs) and sell the rabbit meat. The bunnies are in 
dire straits this the Thursday. Put The bunnies are in the pot this Thursday night. But now there was another club. There's a wonderful story about another club. Because every club, it's like when you speak to someone who's in a rock band, such as myself. We were this close, Chris. We were this close. It was just a couple of things fall our way and we would have been huge. But they didn't. The Canberra Raiders, they were this close to signing Craig Bellamy. They were so close. Turns out the West's Tigers were just as close. They were even close. They believed they had him. And Steve Noyce has come out and said, yeah, we, we thought we had him. Yes. And uh, the reason that was given was that uh, Mrs. Bellamy didn't want to take the kids out of high school. About three months later, she took him down to Melbourne. So that, oh, was, that was, was such a big sell. I think it was probably more, didn't want to go to Sydney. Yeah. Well, which, which is another reason to love Craig Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> Just quietly. But speaking of Steve Noyce, Steve Noyce, of course, entered the rugby league vernacular a couple of years ago uh, through the agency of Paul Gallen. So I think it might be nice if we can get Paul Gallen to come in and explain what happened with Steve Noyce. Steve Noyce was a man... Who cared for the Sharks? He cared for the players all over the park. But the NRL sacked him, that made Gell distraught. So Gell took to Twitter and told them what Gell thought. I told them he cared for the players' feelings. Noyce was kind, Noyce was nice. Through Asada's nasty dealings, I can't say nice things about that bunch from the NRL because they're all Carmichael Hunts. Sing it with me, boys. Carmichael Hunts, Carmichael Hunts. I told you once, the NRL's a bunch of Carmichael Hunts. We're getting there. It turns out my language offends and affronts So I took down my tweet and they had a witch hunt Find me fifty damn thousand But I bore the brunt But I still think the NRL are Carmichael Hunts Sing it boys Carmichael Hunts Carmichael Hunts I told you once The NRL's a bunch of Carmichael Hunts One more time Carmichael Hunts Carmichael Hunts I told you once The NRL's a bunch of Carmichael Hunts So, what had Ray and his listeners so fired up? Next question. I can't tell you the truth. I can't tell you the, the, the way that game panned out because I get fined. So uh, I'm not going to answer any questions. I've done my job. Thanks. Fellas, round one. Done and dusted. Can I be the first to say good to have the footy back? Please. Say it. Thank <laughs> you. Good to have the footy back. And you listen to Fox Sports, of course, and they're very welcoming. Innocent. But hello. <laughs> but of course, it wasn't the the first week of rugby league because the women's competition mm-hmm. started started weeks ago. And if you're like me, you no longer see gender. So it's good that the commentators will help you along. That's a number of penalties now from the manly side. And they've burned a tackle there, the manly side. Someone needs to force an error here from the manly side. The manly side, as we see Garrick now. <laughs> so they'll tell you if it's a manly side or if it's like a womanly side. Exactly. So you know which competition you're watching. Now we get on to into the meat of three of uh of Media Watch, which which is three sixty. Mm. And if I could bring you guys in, let's just go around the table. Couple words. What do you think about three sixty? Delightful. I switched off and watched the Raiders on IQ. It's embarrassing. So that's none from three. I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him I'll give him I'll give him a fair crack at it though. There are highlights of it. Trent Robinson was on. Um, you can't deny that uh, he's a very articulate. He's very intelligent. I actually love the guy. And you don't. You actually don't need to be a rugby league fan to listen to what he says because he'll he'll simplify it for you. Sammy, he, his job's to go out and play footy. <laughs> so he's talking about Sam Walker there. I'm like, who the who the hell's this? He's like, he's a, his job is to play. Oh, he's a footy player. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and then it, uh, on the other side of the of the pool, um, if you got. Uh, Trent Robinson's over here for intelligence. Over the other side, you've got Brad Arthur. Anyone who's listened to this show for years, we've pointed out that Brad Arthur hates dumb football. That's right. He's been pointing yeah. out for how long has been coached, like seven, eight years, whatever. 
every time Parramatta lose, we play dumb footy, we play dumb footy, we play dumb yeah. footy. Okay? So he's going on 360 this week to talk about them them turning the corner on that dumb football. There's there's more about that we actually know, um, you know, and but I feel like with the time that we've spent together and we're starting at a higher point and, you know, we can train smarter definitely. We haven't worked uh-huh. any less harder. Um, <laughs> Double comparative. You know, Oscar Wilde, I believe, said that you're very quick to point out your own flaws in other people. <laughs> so perhaps Braddy Arthur. <laughs> and then finally for... 360, so I think we got 1.4 with Robbo, one point against with Brad Arthur, is they were talking about uh, Latrell and, and South Sydney. And they're talking about that horrific joint minor injury. Remember that? I do. Poor yep. guy. He's, in his, he's hysterical. The he's, balloon blew this up. Giant, this giant hero of a man in, in hysterics, and his face is falling off, and that, that eye popping out, and him in hospital, and that awful operation, and how hard it must have been for him. Hmm. And so Buzz is talking about that. I think the pain for South fans, players, sponsors, members was as much as Joey Manu suffered. <laughs> That's fair, well, isn't it? My eye was popping out. I spent nights <laughs> in hospital after Latrell hit Joey. I woke up there. My head hurt as well the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's the end of, of that. Uh, you, we had Paul Gallen in the room a second ago. Obviously, I'm doing the back of house stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't grab him. You're talking about Mitchell Moses running the clock down? Yep. How quick you are to forget the 2007 season, Dennis. How quick you are. It was on a Saturday night. It mm. was Sharks versus Warriors. And Luke Cavell has a penalty right in front. And he misses it on purpose. And then winks to the sideline. And then Gal wasn't in on the roost. He actually, he fired right up. He, he was like, how are we missing that? What's going on? But I think they didn't even have time for the dropout. But I just wanted to grab it, see if I could get Gallon's opinion on that. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He left. <laughs> I tried to grab him. He left. He was at another appointment. <laughs> he's selling houses, I believe, or giving financial advice to someone. Is that right? I think that's what he's. He's got. He's got a cert four in financial advice. I love the idea. So of, I love the idea of Gal being a real estate agent. Well, he's got a cert for in real estate yeah. sales as well. You will buy this house. <laughs> I'm sending the boys around. Chris, there's a place that the axes. Do the Aurora Valley have any axes to grind? Well, are we done with Media Watch, oh, Pat? I'm just wondering. We're done with Media Watch. Um, I just get so we were doing feedback. Yes. Oh, before we, are. we get into that, I'll just, I'll just fly to that real quick. But before we get into it, Chris, did you prepare a, a Janet Jackson fact this week? No, because I haven't done the research. Okay, but well, Stephen have- Ferris did play Janet Jackson on his very successful sold-out 5 to 7 p.m. FBI radio show last week. He played What Have You Done For Me Lately? And I'll have to do some research, but it looks like you doesn't, have. Doesn't, doesn't count. That, no, so that, that's I'm, a great piece. Of, that's a great no, stat. No, that's not up to it. We're up here now, Dennis. Okay. And my hand's very high. We're not down here. And it's I just it's, not, it's not the low. preseason anymore. All right. So we're scrapping, we're scrapping it. All right. This is, what, this is what we're doing instead. I walk into the change rooms there. I've got 47 texts. I never turn my phone on after the game, but I thought I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. So we're going through the texts. <laughs> we're going through the texts. Wow. So we had the the drone gate. Mm. Um, we didn't well, get into that. Who cares? Buzz has already apologised. But our very own... Terry Bull, one of our five captains, he was involved in the scandal. He was. So this is like a Fox versus um, nine. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, the news. Buzz uh, versus Gus. Yeah, Buzz versus Buzz and Kent versus Gus. Where, um, if anyone wasn't um, has you know family or friends or anything, they might not have seen it. Uh, so Paul Kent and Buzz are saying that the players are complaining because they don't have drones at Bulldogs training. So then Gus is just. For the whole week, talked about drones, and there was also Brenton Speed in the um, Bulldogs uh, Cowboys game, which I had to watch. He said Bulldogs are looking good. You know they've they've been training with the drone. Looks like they've been training with the drone. <laughs> I don't know. I'll do a lot. I'm not rewatching that Bulldogs game, so I'm not grabbing that. I managed to hear that guy live, and I thought that's yeah, uh, Brenton Speed just gone, went up in the estimation when he said that. He's gone into business for himself. <laughs> but this is the last bit from me. Um, so, Gus just ad nauseum posting drone footage. Mm. And once you've seen one drone footage, you've seen it all. Yeah. It's especially Belmore. 
Do well, we really look, need to I, see? Do we really need to see an aerial shot of Belmore? Because I did, I did notice with the the captain of my captain, the fire captains, uh, Emma Dominey posted in the fire up, uh, in the sorry, in blowing up deluxe. And and if you're listening, get into fire, getting into blow up, blowing up deluxe, our Facebook group. And she said it seemed a bit unfair that the Tigers had five captains and the Storm only had two. It's five against two, it, and yet they still lost. Yeah, well, you know how like Penrith, uh, there's like a girdle loin injury or something that Moses Leota has had. I'm not quite sure the mm, correct a girdle term. injury. Yeah, it's, 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 girdle it's, it's around the tie. scapula, cracked shoulder joint. And of course, the interviews we give him, well, we're next man up. In the Tigers, we're just next captain up. <laughs> um, I'll just finish off on this. So uh, Terry's asked uh, Gus if these this footage is just coming from a balcony, <laughs> and then Gus has tweeted a photo from a balcony. For clarity, I am filming this from the balcony of my hotel room. I'm not using one of those drone thingy things. I don't know how to fly them. <laughs> <laughs> and if we had time, we'd just drop in, come fly with me. Uh, look, that's wonderful, Pat. I probably should have quickly mentioned in Media Watch, and let's get it on the record. I absolutely love this kid. But last night was the debut of Benji on Fox League with his little mate, Damien Cook. and The, the TV ex- show. Yes, the exclusive interview with old Wayne himself, uh, Wayne Bennett. And look- it's the first show. I don't want to forensically take it apart yet. I want to give it time to breathe like a wine and get better. I simply mentioned Ian Thorpe, Undercover Angels, 11 episodes. The Bounce, an AFL show apparently. Peter Hellier, five episodes. And may rest in peace, Warney lasted four episodes. Benji, I wish you a long run with your new show, Benji. But be careful. Mm. Well, now to the Arara Valley. Do you have any Arara Valley axes to grind, Chris? I certainly do, Dennis. And first of all, I've, it's come to my own attention that Paul Crawley has a beef of the week. Does he? So I'm never going to have one axe to grind. I'm always going to have two. Well, I did say axes, plural. Yes. And the first one is the sensible decision by Venues New South Wales and SCG, who we gave a bucketing to earlier, that the SFS will have an Arthur Beetson stand and the poor oh, old Garrison goodness. stand has been ejected. There is also talk of the Beetson family, they will put a time capsule of uh, Beetson into the stand at some place, and they're talking about his ashes. Uh, I want to get a beef that they should at least have, well, one of the meat pies you normally get from Justin Hems because that would be perfectly preserved. It could last mm. for decades, if not centuries, in the time capsule. And I also want put in that capsule the name of every judiciary member who rubbed Arthur Beetson out of the 1969 grand final and denied him the joy of winning with the Balmain Tigers, which would surely have eclipsed Winning with the Eastern Suburbs Roosters. Did you hear the 69 Grand Final get a run on Did Saturday? It? Yeah, no. the SEG game, Vossi mentioned the corner that Sid Williams, Barnes. Sid Williams scored. Scored the try. Yeah. Absolutely. 11-2. to two. Lay down to victory. Go, you Balmain Tigers. My second Arara Valley axe to grind and my final one for the day is um, reading Paul Crawley, ironically enough. Wow. Thank you. That's- he goes... In relation to the discretionary calls that are being made about the play the ball, you would have noticed there was a yep. number of penalties given for roll. You would have been happy rolling. about that, no, I, think I, was, I think there was three. <laughs> well, I think there was three all round. Well, three rolling. is a number, Pat, rolling. last time I checked. Rolling the ball, making no attempt with no intent to play the ball. A trend started in the trials, continued in round one. There were some curious discretionary calls that left commentators and fans scratching their heads. And Crawls goes on to say, Andrew Voss made a great call in the Broncos-Rabbitohs match after Alex Johnson was pinned. Let's see them do it in the 70th minute of a grand final at 12-all. Now, seriously, that concept of imaginative happens as a grand final Mm. is so dead. It should have been (laughs) retired so long ago. But my ire is not with Andrew Voss. He is in real time, like we are now, trying to make observations on the run. It's the Crawley sat back, looked at that cliché, and described it (laughs) as a great call. That is my Arara Valley axe that I grind. This week, most sharply. Well, that's quite an axe. But there was there was an edict last year that that, that they were going to crack down amongst before the crackdown. They're going to crack down on the rolling. Don't get us started on crackdown. It's not touch foot. I don't want to do crackdown. It's anymore. not touch foot. You can't roll the ball. I want the back down. If you have, a I set want the of back rules, down. If you have a set of rules, what's the point of a set of rules if you're not going to adhere to them? And yes, it, that was a roll in the Raiders game, and it was wonderful. But I believe we're finished firing up. Would that be right? So. Please, thank you for listening, and please follow Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta, Fire Up NRL on Twitter, and join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group. We'll be back here next week firing up.